Dear Cosmo Babies, on this week's episode, we are chatting with our good hair nerd bestie, Kim Creekmore. We are going to be talking about hair nerd life and some advice to all of you little Cosmo Babies out there. I'm your host, Annie MacArthur, and I have my co-host with me, Russell Mays. So let's just jump right into it. Welcome, Kim. Thank Thank you you so much for joining us. (laughs) Hi, thank you. It's so good to see your faces and hear your voices. I know it's, it's been a long time and, you know, for most of the people probably don't really know who Kim is. And so a quick introduction is Kim is one of our dear, dear hair nerd best friends from the industry that I met at a hair show um, when I kind of like came into the little hair nerd collective when I was just a little baby student long, long, many, many moons ago. But it's a, a testament to what we have talked about before on this podcast of like create the friends, like like create friend groups all over the world and create friends in the industry because they, they truly do become some of your, your closest friends. And, you know, Kim has slept on my couch for education. We have always met up at hair shows and, and kind of like done the thing together. You know, I, I think it's important to talk about that because it, it truly is kind of what the hair nerd life is really about. Yeah, I want to say I'm probably one of one of the first hair nerd besties. I mean, I was yes. you know, stalking <laughs> the hair nerds before the hair nerds really were a thing. I mean, they Absolutely. were a thing, but they were a new thing, kind of finding their place in the industry and where they were going to make the most impact. And and I will say um it's been an honor to know you, Annie and Aaron and and Russell, you as well, because I know, you know, you came into the fold and I on it, um, we're drawn to you immediately. So um, it's been great. But yeah, I mean, so many hair nerd adventures. Yes. It's been wild. And it, it's been um, a long time since yeah. it's happened. Yeah, it's we always say like Russell is like one of the, like the OG hair nerds, but I would <laughs> I would put Kim into that category too. Oh, yeah. Like like you were an OG hair nerd like when it comes oh, yeah. down to it, absolutely 100%. Yeah. Oh yeah, I met I met um Aaron and Terry at a Paul um uh, what was it of Adal Sassoon um show at ISSE or ISIS. What are we calling yeah. it these days? Well, ISSC is no longer a thing anymore. That back so in the day. Back in the Everybody day, ISSC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember. And like texting, I mean, where were we texting on? I don't even think Facebook really was a big major thing, but it was something where we were, I don't know. I don't even remember the platform. Yeah. But I was like, where are you at? And like two seats behind me, you know, two rows behind <laughs> me, there they were. We met for the first time and it was this magic. And then I never left your Yeah. <laughs> Which I like, I definitely appreciate because when I came into like the hair nerd world, when it was first being developed, it was so nice to kind of have this group of people of you and Russell and the other kind of like core group of, of OGs back in the day. It was really, it was so welcoming and it felt so safe for me for Mm -hmm. coming into the industry, having Mm -hmm. this like super supported group of people. And I think that's really important. And I think it's something that we will continue to talk about on this podcast because it's like it is something that I think every student and new professional out there really needs to start creating their core group of other like-minded hairdressers to help support them and grow their careers. 
Yeah, for the most part, the industry is very, very welcoming as a whole and and very kind to to new people that are coming into industry because, face it, we've all been there. We've all started and and been scared shitless and not knowing anything. And you see somebody like, oh, I really like their work. And then you're kind of intimidated. But the industry is very accommodating and very welcoming for as a whole. I mean, sure, you get a little ego every now and then, but that's the, the minority of the industry. Yeah. And I think that most of us are extrovert introverts in a way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so there's that, there's that fear of, oh, I don't want to go up and talk to, gosh, I don't, I can't even recall people's names at this point, but (laughs) that's bad. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, some of these bigger, some of these bigger hairdressers, and I have to say, like, I'm so out of tune with, with who's doing what on social media, as far as like influencers these days Mm -hmm. that, that, that I couldn't even tell you some of these kids are going to be like, well, Mm -hmm. she doesn't even know X, Y, and Z. I don't, I'm old now. I've been doing hair for almost 20 years. So definitely. Yeah. (laughs) Go ahead and give, uh, Kim, go ahead and give a little bit of background about who you are, what you do. So I made, my name is Kimberly Creekmore, Kim Creekmore, Kim Flores Creekmore, whatever you want to say. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Um, Salon owner in La Mesa, California. Um, I have been doing hair for almost 20 years and I run a social media group on Facebook called Salon Professionals of Mm -hmm. San Diego and support hairdressers with our jobs groups and our community platform and helping to find hairdressers, models for classes. And so I just kind of all across the board help to support our community. And I will say to Russell's point, community building is the key to longevity in this industry. You can do great hair, you can do mediocre hair, you can do bad hair, but if you're building community, that's going to help give you that 20 year career. Mm -hmm. Because they're going to have to elevate, elevate you as you, as you go. Absolutely. Well, there's always going to be a time where something happens and it just completely demoralizes you and you need some support. And so the industry is very good at that because I can call people and say, hey, dude, this happened in the salon and it was terrible and I want to quit doing hair. And they yeah. give me a sounding board and they give me advice. And so uh-huh. community goes a long way. You can't be an island unto yourself and expect to be happy 20 right. years later. When yeah. I'm, when I'm giving any, like, I'm going to quote, quote this coaching advice. Cause I'm not a coach. I'm really like moral support. I think the hair nerds are the cheerleaders and I'm the guy in the corner being like, okay, come over here and come talk to me about <laughs> X, Y, and Z. And let me kind of, let me help you get out of your way. Mm-hmm. That is my yeah. biggest thing when mm-hmm. I talk to anybody, yep. but I'm not going to do anything for you except help you get out of your own way. Cause I don't know anything except I know when to call bullshit on people. Absolutely. So, yeah, that whole community aspect is incredible. I we do talk a lot on the podcast about Instagram and TikTok and social media in the sense of those particular platforms. What I don't think that we talk about enough and that I do want to kind of put a spotlight on right now is the the power of Facebook groups and the one that you run Kim is uh it's a really incredible group of people and it is for people in San Diego, but there are other Facebook groups all across the the United States and Canada and and all over the world where you can find your local hairdressing group. Mm -hmm. And it really is such an incredible and powerful Mm -hmm. tool online that I don't think enough people are utilizing. Yeah. Yeah. So for like, if you are not on Facebook or if you are on Facebook and aren't utilizing the platform, utilize it in the sense of groups, you know, join Kim's group or join a local group in your area because they are they are one of the 
best tools for creating yeah. community. It reminds me of the old school NCA, National Cosmetology Association, mm -hmm. where they had regionals that would have meetings once a month. And once a month, uh, they would put on a seminar, a class, a gathering or something, and you could go and meet your fellow hairdressers and hang out and sometimes they'd have a presentation and and, and all that type of thing and, and it was really great and I, I see that that's kind of moved online with these yeah. Facebook groups absolutely yeah and I think that they're they they are they are only run by the community in which posts and and um post their their I don't, I'm kind of a stickler for my group. I, I kind of run it pretty strict just because it's such a, and I think it's massive. We have 4,000 people. It's not massive. It's a big group. It but is though. It can get out of hand pretty fast. So we don't really let people, you know, dive down rabbit holes of like client bashing and this and that. Mm -hmm. um, and we did in the beginning and it really got ugly. And I thought this is not how we want our group to be ran. Yeah. But I think that if you can utilize community for like what problems you're having, you know, kind of just that intimate space where people can say, I'm having this too. Like I'm having X, Y, and Z problems too. Uh -huh. So it's really, it's really great. So yeah, I think those in-person, those in-person things have gone to the wayside more, which is unfortunate. Yeah. We need to do more of those in-person events, community building, but it's definitely fallen into more of the, the um, online, online group community. Would you say that the mm -hmm. majority of your Facebook group is in San Diego? I would say that's how I can support the community best is mm -hmm. by focusing on San Diego and it, and it kind of goes to Oceanside and kind mm -hmm. of up north a little bit, but primarily um, Southern California. Have you ever thought of doing a in live meeting seminar session? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we used to do prior to the pandemic, we used mm -hmm. to do classes on investing your money and I'd bring mm -hmm. in, you know, people, um, financial people and right. we've done goal setting stuff. That was a big focus of mine in the beginning. And mm -hmm. I haven't done that mm -hmm. in the recent years. I have not gotten back into how can I support my community best outside of this group? So. Well, the yeah. pandemic kind of put a kibosh on a lot of things yeah. and made a lot of people hermit a lot longer than they probably should have. That's a story for another time. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it was funny. It's funny, Russell and Annie, I was really thinking about how the pandemic has affected a lot of stylists. And I don't know how many conversations you all have had around what, what does the passion for our industry even look like anymore post pandemic? Yeah. yeah. I yeah. feel like it's changed. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes, yeah. absolutely. What's your guys's take yeah. on that? Yeah, it, it's definitely, it's so different. I feel like from my perspective and what I am seeing is that there's such a, a different shift on where people are getting education, how they're consuming that education, like hair shows, we're, we're seeing a massive shift in, in, in-person hair shows, in-person classes, in-person events. Um, and I think a lot of people are finding that the ease of online is more flexible in their schedules and in their life. Then back in the day, obviously this isn't, ISSC isn't a thing anymore, but it was always the first weekend of January. We always knew that like the three of us in this conversation right now, we always mm -hmm. knew we were going to see each other mm -hmm. end of January. That was the kickoff to show season. Mm -hmm. And it just, I think it's, I think it's shifted a lot. I think people are looking for more of a work-life balance and they're finding that online education and is easier to implement into their lifestyle than, than all of these, you know, 
every month there's something going on and and yeah. hair show circuit and all of that. You know, I, I wonder if this move to online is actually doing a disservice to the hair community because yes, it is, it is convenient and yes, it is, you know, nice to be able to just load up something and watch it. Mm -hmm. But I'm telling you, my engagement when I'm watching something online is exponentially lower than when I'm in person in that class. Cause I just went to the uh, Anaheim premiere show and I mean, granted, the attendance was a little better than I expected. It was not a giant show like Long Beach used to be, mm -hmm. but I think that they made a, a really good effort. They had a lot of really good classes there. They had, I mean, more classrooms than than I have seen in a show that size in a long time. They had the main stage presentations and all that. The, the trade show floor was a little small, but just the fact of me going there and being engaged and in the game it was nice to go and see all the people that you've known and you see before right. and sitting there live, the engagement's far higher than, than the entertainment value of watching something online. So I wonder if it will come back, maybe to take a few years for the live mm -hmm. stuff to come back. But I think that online should be a supplement to the live engagement, but not a replacement for it. And I think if you try to make it a replacement, eventually you'll end up with this kind of sallow taste in your mouth where it's just not quite enough. You'll always be, you'll, you'll be starving. You'll, you'll be uh, malnourished. You have a lot to eat, but none of it's nutritious. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree with that. I really think that, that there has to be some sort of, some sort of reshift of what in-person education looks like to, to supplement this online learning. Yeah. I know in the past, I was really turned away. It really turned away from a lot of the classes that were hosted by some big scissor companies and, you know, people, <laughs> even these um, companies who are selling products, yeah, they're all needed. All of that yeah. space is, it's a needed space, but yeah. it became, that was only the education that you were going to get. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't want to be sold to anymore. Mm -hmm. I kind of felt like, mm -hmm. how can we, how can we do this, this engaging education yeah. And kind of move away from being sold to. And so that yeah. really slowed me down on going to a lot of in-person education. There wasn't a yeah. lot. The independent movement happened and then the pandemic kind of squashed, squashed yeah. the movement. Yeah. So yeah, I agree with you. I think there has to be a, a, a middle ground. So the online stuff is great, but you're not getting that community, right? Maybe mm -hmm. this Absolutely. is about community today. Yeah. yeah. You know, I understand that while you're going to an educational event, a lot of times the price is, is relatively cheap or free. So there needs to be some selling and some branding of whatever the product is. Yeah. But sometimes it gets to the point where it's just overboard and it takes away and it takes me out of the engagement when it, all it becomes is a, a commercial. Exactly. And we've seen this all on TV. We've seen YouTube videos that are basically nothing but a, a commercial for whatever the product is that's sponsored, air quotes, the video. It basically becomes a commercial and it no longer has any kind of value or yeah. honesty. Uh -huh. So there, there has to be that honesty. And I think the independent educational movement that happened because of Instagram was yeah. a great thing. But those guys are not seasoned in presentations, of, uh, especially when they're live. So there has to be a little bit of, you know, seasoning for them to be able to make a better presentation live because you can't just come off Instagram and shooting in your bedroom or in your salon and then go out and teach in a classroom of yeah. 500 people. 
I yeah. love some of these, these, these people who are really striving to make big waves and changes mm-hmm. in our community through in-person and through um, online. Um, there's, uh, her name is Kia, Kia, um, Artistic Neil. I think that's her handle. Am I correct? Are you guys familiar? Oh, Kia Neil. Yep. Yeah. She, she is the, um, like creator of the texture versus race movement. She's amazing. She's amazing. Cause she's, she's helping to inspire the community to move forward together. And I really just, am just inspired by her work. Absolutely. I think it's so important to be able to utilize the tools of the online world. That is what we're living in right now. And, and be able to then find your community that way, but figure out how to get those in-person classes, mm-hmm. get to actually go be mm-hmm. with people. Cause not everyone thinks like this, but for me, a huge part of what kind of like refills my cup and, and makes me excited and inspired about the industry is being in person with other hairdressers, feeding off the energy of one another, the questions that you can hear them asking and, and being in person is so different than someone asking a question online versus seeing somebody ask a question in person because there's body language, there's other things that are involved to where like, oh, that's a really good question. Did they actually get their question answered though? Because you can tell that in person or if there's more to the question or more of an answer that's needed than what online I believe is able to give you. Something else that we've talked about in the past is, is we've kind of, you know, said this before, like, like creating those friends online, but then being able to meet up with them in person. Cause there have been many a times in, you know, quote the hair nerd life that we met someone for the first time in person showing up to sleep on their couch for an event. <laughs> <laughs> like there yeah. have been countless amounts of times that it's like, Oh, hi, like, like we're besties online, but this is the first time that we're meeting in person. I'm yeah. actually knocking on your door because like, mm-hmm. we're about to head out to a hair show together. And yeah. You know, like thankfully, like Kim and I have known each other for a really long time, but like Kim has absolutely slept on my couch. Like yeah. these doll heads behind me, you know, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see like I have doll heads on my bookshelf. These are from Kim draw, like coming and staying with me for a class and she couldn't take them home with her. So she left these on my porch, you know, scared my neighbors. It was hilarious. Oh, it was terrible. Um, <laughs> sorry to so your neighbor. Funny. He had a heart attack. <laughs> but, but you know, and it's like those for me, that is really important. It's part of the reason I've kept them because it it's an important part of my life and my history and my upbringing in the industry itself. And, and creating that community and the friends in the industry, it, it's unlike anything else. You know, I feel like the friends that we have that are also hairdressers or are part of the professional beauty community, it, it is a completely different friendship and bond that is created than someone who is just our friends regularly, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like those long, those long-term friendships that you have where you're like, I haven't talked to so-and-so in like six months yet, you fall back in line with how you've always behaved. It's just, it it is that commonality that you share Mm -hmm. and those connections. So instantly instantly pick right up where you left off. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and I think that's like, for me, I have massively miss the hair show circuits that happen, Mm -hmm. getting to go see my friends, knowing that I get to see these people that I love and care about so much. And, you know, the pandemic hit and, and that all kind of stopped and it was like, Oh my God. But now we're able to kind of pick that back up. And it's like, no, these are 
these are my people. Like mm-hmm. these have always been my people. They're going to continue to be my people. And I think that's, what's so special about our industry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I really do think that, that, that this is what the community will keep your career, mm-hmm. you know, having a Absolutely. healthy long career. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing going back to talking about classes and, and shows and stuff like that, one thing that I've really missed that probably hasn't been around in, I want to say 10 or 15 years is the independent show where you would have one guest artist, one artist basically go on tour and do shows in every city, kind of like they were a rock Mm -hmm. band and they would just go city to city to city. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of my most memorable is, is Trevor Sorby. He was on tour Mm -hmm. and he went all the way around the country and you would just show up and it was a three-hour presentation of just him presenting his art and his work. And it wasn't in in, uh, in conjunction with any other trade shows or anything. It was just him doing his thing on a Saturday night. And I miss those kind of, you know, one-off kind of shows. Yeah. I remember I, uh, American Crew did that movie. They did a feature movie that was playing in theaters for like one night only kind of thing. Do you guys remember that? I uh, vaguely remember that. Yeah. yeah, that was a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it, it feels like life before COVID, and then mm-hmm. life after yeah. COVID, and yeah. what mm-hmm. you know, what has really mm-hmm. transpired, and the shifts that you know we've all made, and how things you know will be will be different, and hopefully, you know, bring some elements of the of the old school old school ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, into the future, I think there's a there's a, a re-inspiring that has to happen to, to the community. And, and it might just be speaking on my behalf, you know, it might just be yeah. speaking for me, you know, how does, how does a seasoned stylist who's been, who's been, you know, gaming for almost 20 years, you know, fall back into finding, finding their passion for the industry again, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and that's been, that's been a big struggle of mine. And and truly the only thing that keeps me, keeps me really like involved and engaged is, is this, is this Facebook group and the community that's been built with, you know, the mm-hmm. online, the online forums and the friends yeah. I've made, you know, in person. Absolutely. I've always looked at a, a hair career as, you know, phases, you know, when you first start, I'm trying to learn technique trying to get my hands to do what I think that they need to do in order to apply this technique to this head of hair. You know, then after I get the technique down, then it becomes, okay, let me modify the technique to fit this person's imperfect hair. And then it becomes, okay, let me learn how to better interact with my clientele. So the better experience that they can have from me from a verbal point of view, as opposed to just a technical point of view, the more I can expand my career. And then it goes on to how do I maximize my efficiency? Then it goes on to how do I maximize, you know, my investments? And so that way I don't retire broke ass. How do I do this? And But somewhere along the line, there has to be, how can I take this accumulation of experience and share it with the next younger generation so they don't have uh-huh. to suffer like yeah. I've suffered coming up? Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, and that's been part of my responsibility is I feel like I've been given to so freely by some real icons that how could I possibly not share that with the next generation that comes along? Oh, I think that's really awesome and inspiring. Absolutely. So I think that there's that that is the path, right? Those are yeah. really the 
things that 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 every hairdresser has gone through. Mm-hmm. I I really was connected to to when you said you know talking to the client, communicating with the client. I've built my whole career on doing hair around the consultation mm-hmm. with the mm-hmm. client, mm-hmm. and that is the one thing that sets me apart from every single other hairdresser in my in my neighborhood is that right. deep dive into communicating because yeah. without that, all those other components don't matter. Yeah. So that's, they become it, less important than somebody that cares. I'd rather have someone working on me. That's not technically proficiently perfect. That actually gives a shit than somebody who doesn't, who's just mm-hmm. in it for the, the ego stroke or for their own, you know, self growth or purpose or money or whatever. I want them to actually give a shit about me as a person. Yeah. But you yeah. can't have that level of giving a shit mm-hmm. unless you have technical, a real strong technical foundation for your, yeah. for the art that you practice. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. everything I think of, I think of hair as a map. If you don't know if you don't know where you're going, God, that sounds like, a, like <laughs> but you literally have to know everything about that person's hair texture, yeah. you know, the way they wear mm-hmm. it, the, the products they use with, mm-hmm. with their, what the things that they've, you know, had go wrong with the things that they've had go yeah. well. Mm-hmm. And then you can take that technical ability mm-hmm. because let's face it, the best hairdressers out there are the ones who have leaned into the technical part of their journey. It's not just mm-hmm. art, right? It's mm-hmm. it's all the technical, the geometry and everything that goes into, into hairdressing. So yep. you can't have that really strong communication if you're just flying by the seat of your pants and you're just <laughs> like, oh, I'm just going to, I'm going to make you blonde, but they're starting at, you know, Fake it till you make it, baby. Yeah. And I yeah. hate that saying. I've had endless conversations about fake it till you make it. I've gone around with people. Yeah. That is one separate it. conversation. I but oh, that it. is the worst. Let's talk about anxiety mm-hmm. and, you know, fear and shortness of career. And, mm. you know, I think the fake it till you make it mantra is huge disservice. It's a disservice, yeah. I absolutely agree. And not to go off on a huge tangent because we could literally do a whole episode on (laughs) fake it till you make it. But I I do believe that the three of us right now have absolutely come up on a being told constantly to do that. That was, that's what we were told. And I think we have all learned that that did not work well for us. Mm -hmm. And it is better to be upfront, to be honest with our clients, to tell them if something is not in our wheelhouse, if the person next to us can give them the look that they're desiring Mm -hmm. to pass them over and say, I cannot do that, but this person can. I think that there is absolute power in, in knowing your limits and knowing what you can do and what the client is looking for and being able to either give them that or give them to somebody that can do those things. Yeah. 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 And, and, and owning and even owning, owning when something isn't up to par for you, instead of being like, Oh, it's going to fade or, Oh, you know, it'll get, you know, it'll, it'll kind of Mm -hmm. grow. It'll grow out a certain Mm -hmm. way, you know, really (laughs) owning that, owning it. I understand. I understand where the idea comes from. The idea comes from is you're never going to be confident until you've actually attempted something and succeeded at it. And then you become confident. So that's how you make it. So fake it. I I don't know. I I don't believe in myself that I can do this, but I'm going to try to do it anyway. And then you Mm -hmm. succeed. Okay, I've made it. I understand that that's the, the underlying philosophy of it. But what it's perceived as is, well, I don't really know what I'm doing. So I'm just going to kind of just go through the motions of what I've seen somebody else do and Mm -hmm. hope for the best. 
Yeah, that's not so, a good place. Yeah. So, I mean, what happens if we can support these new hairdressers, right? Let's get back to this whole reason that you <laughs> and Annie are doing this with the, the hair baby. So what happens if, if elders like us, Russell, you know, we go and we support them from the ground up, right? So we give them information and tools and things and structures so that we can, so that we can say, okay, you don't have to fake it anymore. I'm going to show you how I'm actually going to sh- teach you how you're going to read about it and watch it. And you're going to hit all these learning points, right? Cause that's just the truth of it. Everybody learns yeah. differently. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to practice an experiment and you're going to like figure it out on this, on somebody who's willing to let you practice on them or a mannequin head. Uh-huh. And then when you go into real life, you're going to have a greater understanding. So that faking it now becomes I've practiced my skill. I feel pretty confident in it. I might Mm -hmm. need to take a step away and breathe and get my anxiety under control, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to go back to it and keep working at it. Mm -hmm. I think, I think that's the, that's one of the missing pieces of, for a lot of hairdressers is they don't put that, they get their license and then they just fake it till they make it. They don't Uh put that extra work into um, the educational piece that I, for myself has been so critical. There's a certain responsibility that comes from me sharing and mentoring and instructing somebody is I have to be one skilled enough at whatever skill that I'm going to teach that I can teach it in a in-depth, concise way. And very few people know what they're doing in depth and concisely enough to be able to educate someone who doesn't know. So kind of sometimes the instructor Maybe they don't have a lot of experience. They're faking right. it till they make it, teaching somebody how to do it. So it's, it's Absolutely. this, I mean, granted, I know you got to start somewhere, but at the yeah. same time, some people are good instructors and some people can't, some people are not. Absolutely. I mean, one of my beauty school instructors was fantastic at, um, uh, you, you know how they used to have like the world championships of hair mm-hmm. and, and yeah. they would roller set it and you had seven minutes to brush it out mm-hmm. like seven minutes and it's freaking flawless and perfect like soft serve ice cream it's amazing <laughs> she was brilliant at that and i would sit there and ask her poignant questions how do i set this roller in so that when i brush it out i don't get roller marks that i have to fight afterwards yeah. oh you just kind of just throw it in well, no. that, that's not that's not a good answer. Just throw yeah. it in because I've been throwing them in and it looks terrible. So some people are good at instructing and some people are good at doing. That doesn't mean that you're necessarily good at both. So you got to be mindful about who you choose as an instructor. Absolutely. And find someone that clicks with you. Yeah. So that that makes me that makes me really want to ask both of you the question of how does a newer hairdresser student coming into the industry find a good mentor how what do they look for in that person and and how do they keep that person accountable you know to to their education cuz i'm a big proponent of everything that happens in our life is ultimately our responsibility so we mm-hmm. can say we're going to get a mentor mm-hmm. but then we have to like do things to hold that other person accountable for our sake mm-hmm. right? we can't just wait for that person to be the best mentor on the planet. Absolutely. We have to like advocate for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think there's, there's lots of ways I think to find a mentor. I think one that is potentially really easy is joining a local Facebook group, finding that community online, join those groups. Cause these groups are very powerful. And I don't think that people give Facebook groups enough credit for 
the the power and the support that they truly hold. But if you join a Facebook group, even as a student, and you have questions, the people that are going to respond educationally to your questions are already open to having a conversation with you. So then the next step would be, okay, the people who responded, who gave, who gave you the best advice, who, who tried to break it down in the best way possible for you to understand, maybe DM that person, message them, reach out to them. Hey, are you open to me asking you more questions, maybe getting together because hopefully you're joining a local Facebook group on top of the larger Facebook groups that are out there, but the people in your local community will be more likely to allow you to come in or set up mentorship time with you or uh, even just chat with you over Zoom or something like that. And those are going to be the people that once the door is open, you're going to know if they're willing to talk and educate with you. One of the ways that I found my mentors was when I was a student, I social media was very different. And the way that we found content was very different. And I found content of hairdressers that I felt like I was relating to. I wanted to do hair like they did hair. Mm-hmm. And I emailed them. I was like, hey, my name is Annie and I am a cosmetology student and I love the way you do hair. And it was probably the creepiest emails I've ever sent in my life. But it worked. It opened doors, you know, it like worked on me. <laughs> exactly. Like I met Russell at a, at a hair show and we were talking and Russell was so open to explaining things and talking with me and taking the time to help educate me. And it just became such a comfortable situation that when I was working behind the chair, there were times I would call Russell. I wouldn't even ask the people in my salon because I felt more comfortable calling him and he would yeah. pick up the phone every time. And that's just kind of how, you know, the relationship got built was that he was always there for me when I, when I had a question and it was a lot easier to ask him than somebody else. I I think that sometimes you just need the right words, you know, because it's the concept of asking someone to help you is, is very easy. The actual typing of the DM, you know, is sometimes uh-huh. a little difficult. So uh-huh. keep it clear and concise and say, if someone had done a graduated Bob and you see that and you think, oh my gosh, that's amazing. I want to learn how to do that. DM them and say, hey, I saw this graduated or even just in the messages below the the the, the post, I, I love this Bob. Could I ask you a few questions about it? So ask them questions specific about one thing they've done because answering a question about something you've done is a lot easier than asking someone to be your mentor. Mm-hmm. Mentor takes a lot of responsibility, but if I ask someone a very specific question, then that can lead to a greater conversation to where I could say, hey, can I come spend the weekend with you and maybe you know assist you or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. So open the door, small, clear, concise, you know, text and, and keep it keep it light. Mm-hmm. Don't don't throw <laughs> mentorship on them in the first email. <laughs> yeah. My whole yeah. career is contingent upon you saying yes. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of took my take, my takeaway from that, Russell, is that, you know, maybe you have multiple mentors across the board, right? Mm-hmm. You kind of have people that you lean on for different skills Absolutely. and it doesn't have to be one specific person to mm-hmm. like, you know, be the is all be all, because mm-hmm. we know most of us have strengths in certain areas that, you know, mm-hmm. that we could share those strengths mm-hmm. with others that, yeah. you know, that maybe maybe a balayage with a teasy light, you know, and a, the, this and that, yeah. maybe that's not as 
maybe you're not quite as good as like the next guy. So you should be seeking who is best at whatever skill. Yeah. That is. Mm-hmm. My passion yeah. is short hair. I do a ton of mm-hmm. short hair. That's my love language. That's everything. I That's where my clientele lives. I do some, you know, color and balayage and standard practices, but I wouldn't say come to me and, and sit with me while I do this. I would be like, there's other people mm-hmm. who do this, mm-hmm. you know, more efficiently, or, mm-hmm. you know, they're doing these big project hair pieces that I'm never going to do. I'm mm-hmm. not going to spend five, five hours on a client. Mm-hmm. That's not my client base. Mm-hmm. That's my personal, that's my place in, in, in hair. Mm-hmm. But there are people who are doing these big, massive, beautiful projects. And that's who you want to go see for that. Yeah. You yeah. don't come to me for that. Absolutely. Yeah, right. yeah. I'm not going to go to Kentucky fried chicken and order a cheeseburger. There's also some really great, um, organizations out there that are starting to work with, uh, matching mentors to mentees like beauty changes lives is one of them. You know, you can apply to be a mentor and they, you can apply to be a mentee as well. And then they match you based on what Mm -hmm. the mentee is looking for and what the mentor is able to provide to them. And you get six months worth of mentorship. And a lot of the mentees from that program end up becoming mentors because it was such a great experience for them. And they did learn so much and they do want to give back to the community. So there are there are other ways to find mentors. If if a mentor specifically is what someone is looking for, I think that there's so many ways to open the doors to those kind of conversations. Again, join the Facebook groups, reach out that way, look into beauty changes lives as a mentee to be matched with the proper mentor. There's uh, different hashtags online of peer support, like artists supporting artists, which was a Sambia effort that was put together for people to support the artistic endeavors of our community and be able to find people that way as well. There's, I think that there's, depending upon the needs of the, of the person, I think that there's, there are so many incredible options, especially in today's digital age to be able to find what you need. It's a scary path to ask someone to, to help you and to teach you. And it requires a certain amount of humility. And and I think that that's a a good state to come from when you're asking someone to help you. Uh Yeah. I I think we need that, right? Absolutely. Annie, I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say like, it's kind of the, the whole concept of like a closed mouth won't be fed, you know? And when I was a student, granted we were in a a different digital age at that point, but when I sent out those emails, they were terrifying, but it was like, if I don't ask this person or I don't open a door of communication with them, Mm -hmm. I am never going to get the things that I need. And the funny thing was, was that there were two people I reached out to and both of those people, I still am in communication with today. One of which I work for currently. And then one of which I do a podcast with (laughs) named Russell Mays, like, (laughs) you know, and it's, it it really is like, it is terrifying, but you, if you don't ask, you're not going to get those things that you need. And thankfully in my case, I was very successful in being able to Freak my way into the lives of these people. Well, before, before technology where you could just email or DM somebody, you had to show up. Yeah. You know, and I've told the story where I drove seven hours from Louisville, Kentucky to Atlanta Mm -hmm. in the middle of the night because I knew Trevor Sorby was doing a show Mm -hmm. on Sunday night. So I left the salon Saturday, had dinner, drove all through the night, got there at the hotel at 5 a.m. and walked around until I found the prep room. Now, I didn't know he was going to, you know, help me out or let me assist, but I found the room and I walked in. Hey, Trevor, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. I said, 
I'm Johnny on the spot. Anything you need, you let me know. They go, oh, great. Well, come over here and help me make these hair pieces. Yeah. Shit, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Got to show up and be in the game. Mm -hmm. Email, direct message, show up to the show. That's the way to do it. Yeah, I, I, there's a, a lot of a lot of stories that I can recall just jumping in and just, you know, helping. Yeah, yeah. yeah, just helping and then and then connecting enough to where the next thing you know, you're off to um, you're off to, you know, a bar with one of your hair heroes, you Absolutely. know, bringing them bringing them tomato and tomato and bacon sandwiches. <laughs> Annie, yes. do you remember that? Yes. I do. I, it's just, it's well, funny because <laughs> I'm like, gosh, that was like really long ago. But that was I, John, John, he, he was a Vidal Sassoon guy, John. He's an, he's an old timey man now. Yeah. What is his last name? He, oh my gosh. It'll come to me. Oh my gosh. I haven't seen, <laughs> I haven't seen him. I don't even know if he's still with us. I hope he is, but he's one of the, he's one of the original Vidal Sassoon guys. And he is like, my, I want to say my hair hero, but how rude of me to not remember his last name. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm like, I can, I remember this. Like, I remember it was at ISSC. And it wasn't. It, it was, wasn't? It was a hair show that went on here at the Moniker event space downtown. DJ Muldoon was up there. It was like a Was Bellis it a Beauty Academy. Changes Lives Yes, event? maybe. It was like With a Eden? Bellis Academy thing. So anyway, it, it, I, I'm going to remember after this phone call. But anyway, I, I ended up crashing this class that was put on the very next day by my hair hero with whom I can't remember his name, which is Tim. <laughs> but um, I, and I'm, he his only ask was that I bring him a tomato and bacon sandwich. So I literally have a photo of me handing him the sandwich. Because yes, I remember this. <laughs> yes. And I immediately was like, oh, shoot, I'm not really allowed to be here. And then like a whole slew of things came after that because I crashed this class. It was a big deal. Yeah, <laughs> I will say Annie and Aaron were behind this whole thing. <laughs> yes. I'm like, I do remember this. It was a long time ago, but it, I feel like it's just, it's a testament to like, like ask, ask, ask in person, ask over the internet, ask in a DM, ask through an email, like just ask because it, Again, a closed mouth will not be fed. If you ask, you don't, it could be a no. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Take it with respect and mm -hmm. okay, thank you. But if it's a yes, like who knows what opportunities that will open? Because like yeah. Kim is a testament to saying yes. Anytime that we like, we used to do this thing called a hotel haircut at ISSC every yes. year. And we would bring students and new professionals into our actual hotel room and with educators and we would set them up. They would teach a class. We would have this like super intimate private educational moment. And Kim was always there for it. And eventually Kim started to help with it because we were like, all right, we already know Kim's going to be there. One year, Kim had the bigger hotel room. <laughs> like, <laughs> she got upgraded. So we were like, dope. That's where we're going. <laughs> like, I am like a secretly bougie person. Like I navigate my life in jeans and sweatshirts and like minimal makeup. I am like very, very minimal, but like secretly like really nice things, like better higher hotel rooms. Yes. <laughs> it's uh it's, it's my, it's yeah, my but it's, but, but you are always there and you were always involved and it was because you, you were looking how to get more involved in the industry and you simply asked yeah. and think, and the answer was always pretty much always. Yes. Like, yeah. 
people want you to ask. Like, and I, I think like for anyone who is listening to this podcast right now, student, new professional, veteran, otherwise, the biggest thing that people want you to do is ask the questions. Like this is your permission to reach out to people and ask, because if if you don't ask, no one's going to reach out to you. And people are wanting to, most people are wanting to help you. They're wanting to give you direction and information. And all, all you have to do is just reach out to them. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I am always kind of like, I wish more people would lean on me in my groups a little bit more one-on-one, you know, because I feel like I have a wealth of knowledge to share, uh-huh. to share. So, I mean, if anybody from my group is listening, you can always DM me and reach out to me. And I'm, I'm happy to, to jump on a call with you and, and talk. And Kim is a wealth of knowledge. So like, I do highly recommend reaching out because she is smart. <laughs> Thank you. I have to say. Experienced and smart. Yes. The, the perfect and combination. And, and passionate about, you know, the 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 rules. Like, weirdly, like I have this weird passion around making sure that I'm communicating how the state of California mm-hmm. wants you to do business, friends. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, passionate about structure in, in the salons and how structure and commitment and consistency really leads to success. And I'm passionate about all of those things. And those are the things that I like to relay. And technically, I feel like I'm a great hairdresser as far as like technical skills go. So I feel like I can lean on my technical ability to help somebody, you know, get some some basic, you know, structure to their haircutting. Mm-hmm. Well, I would like to thank Miss Kim for coming on and, and sharing with us, you know, her insight and her knowledge. And, and it really shows that there's a lot of really good people in the industry if you're just willing to go out and ask for it. Oh. So thanks for listening. Uh, give us a review on Spotify, Apple iTunes, and Amazon Music. And we will see you next time. Thank you. And I'd like to thank our host, Miss Annie MacArthur. Bye. We'll Bye. see you next time. Bye. <laughs> Thanks, Bye. guys.